0: On this episode of Resi Week, we talk CEDIA Awards, dual sono subs, and a million-dollar home theater. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This.
2: This. This is, is, is AV Nation. Nation.
1: This is AV A-B Nation.
0: This is ResiWeek, episode 254, Manufacture Crisis. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by
1: Black Wire Designs, the go-to distributor for the CI industry with an extensive product lineup backed by unmatched sales and system support. Anytime dealers need it, even after hours or on the weekend.
2: And by Daylight, the leading producer of high quality projection screens worldwide.
0: Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matty Scott, for avnation.tv. And this week, we we're pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. First, we have Miss Jamie Briesmeister. She is the CEO and boss lady at Integration Controls, who just, and I'm going to, I think I get this right. You guys just had your 16th year anniversary, correct? Yes.
1: Congratulations. Controls. 16. Thank you.
0: That is yeah, we awesome.
1: can legally drive now so there you go <laughs> feels good <laughs> <Excellent. Independent. laughs> no
0: more learner's permit for you guys you're right. done <laughs> next up we have mr henry clifford he is the president and co-founder or he's the president of livewire and the co-founder of parasol how are you my friend
3: great Matt. thanks thanks for having me on the show it's great to be with you
0: Hey, we are so glad you are here and last, but certainly not least, we have Mr. Mitchell Klein. He's the executive director at the Z-Wave Alliance. How are you doing, bud?
2: I'm doing great. Love to be back, especially here with Jamie. And, you know, uh, this is pretty awesome stuff. Always love coming back. And Henry too, of course. Oh, Henry. Yeah. I'm sure you were We're getting getting there. Henry. Right.
1: (laughs) Sorry, Henry.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into our first story of the day. Uh, Cedia is open or has opened their 2021 Cedia Award entries. We mentioned this uh, at the the top of the show last week, uh, but there is a a full big article on it now. Entries will be ex- accepted between now and uh, April second, so you've got lots of time, no matter where you are in the the globe, to get those in. Uh, because they are accepting, as we said, projects from the Americas, EMEA, and the Asia-Pac regions as well. There are a bunch of product categories uh, as well as a couple important dates there in that article from Residential Systems. Jamie, let me start with you on this. Who should... This is going to sound like a really simple question, but it's a little bit more nuanced. Who should enter the awards? We, we, We continually think that... The awards should only be, maybe, maybe should is the wrong term, but that the awards are for those ultra high end uh, projects. But we know CD has worked over the last couple of years to try and bring the barrier to entry down a little bit. Should every member company be looking at trying to, uh, you know, go through their portfolio from this past year and 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 see what projects could be entered in this?
1: I think it's a great idea, and for for a lot of reasons. I mean. I don't think that it's um i don't i don't think it's bad to have maybe an award to look forward to or to have a stellar project to enter into an award if you've done a stellar project or one that's stellar for you uh back in 2010 we entered in a theater and really thought we had a snowball's chance in hell of winning anything and we won an award and i was really proud of our team um it's certainly a lot of the higher end projects are going to have more integration and be able to do more fancy things but outside of the pictures the design documentation that goes into it really behind the scenes is a huge part of what those award winners really went on it's not just the fact that someone spent a lot of money and and um you know integrated a whole home for a million dollars it was the design and and documentation that goes behind it and ensuring that all the heat calcs are correct and that every wire matches up right. And I mean, that's a great, uh, that's a great bar to want to be for any integrator. So if for any integrators out there that have projects that they feel are the best they've ever done, submit it, because, you know, it also asks you some great questions when you do so. And if you don't include those things in your documentation, maybe you should.
0: Henry, I'm really glad that Jamie brought that up because I, I think this is a really good process to go through for for really every member of the company whether you finalize a submission or not whether you have a project that you know you feel could win an award to to go through the process of at least trying to see if you have all those steps done for the majority of your projects is this a really good kind of bar to 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 reflect internally on your company and your, your company's processes on to see that you are, uh, you know, primed to, to enter one of these.
3: Yeah. We, we always talk about manufacturing crisis at Livewire and uh, the awards. It's a great way of manufacturing crisis because I can remember the first time we, we entered and it was, it was eye opening to see the fit and finish required from a submission perspective and so it made us sort of step back and say wow and audit ourselves internally and realize we, we didn't have some of the processes in place that we really should. So I love that it's there as a beacon, as a true north, as a, as a means of, of reflection for us to say hey here's the best of the best. And if you want to be um, counted among the best of the best, here's the sort of fit and finish that is is required. A lot of us are very competitive, so I think it it just brings home that that concept of of manufacturing crisis and and uh, and and ma- making us better. That said, it's a pain. It's a pain in the rear end to fill these things out and submit but it also feels like a rhythm. So there's those companies that have figured this out and year in and year out. So the, the admit ones and the casaplexes and the, the, the outfits that, that really have it dialed in and figured out. Uh, and as a result, I guarantee you, you, peer inside their businesses, what was the chicken and egg? They have their act together. Cause they applied or, or they, they're win awards because they had their act together. Does, does it even matter? The point is that the awards really i think it's a good sort of self enforcement uh cyclical deal but if if it's always been a challenge and and you're watching this show and saying it's just a pain i gotta hire a photographer and i gotta remember everything we did yes it's a pain i don't think it's meant to be easy but getting in the ring and and getting in that rhythm i think there's something to that and yeah good for for cdf for for, for having that, that true north, it's not a participation award. And so uh, good, good for, good for us as an industry. And by the way, speaking of CD, I want to give a shout out to Giles Sutton uh, for being named co-CEO of CD. Oh, yeah. So I'll, I'm going to shut up. now.
0: <laughs> First of all, um, be, before we get to Mitch for a second, if you don't hire a professional photographer, please start. We're tired of seeing your blurry shots on Instagram. You're killing me, man. Hey, Mitch. listen.
2: Sometimes it's more difficult to submit and submit a project than to actually do the project. Oh itself. yeah. Um, just buy yourself a really good iPhone. You know, one of the new ones, and uh, maybe maybe you could just take the pictures yourself. Just yeah. hold it steady. What do you think, Matt? You can do it, especially if you <laughs> you, you know
0: put it up against a wall before you take that shot. Instead it's of yeah, I'm gonna drink my coffee while I take the shot. It'll be great. Mm. Mitch, what is the What is the benefit to entering and hopefully winning this? Uh, Henry alluded to some companies that, you know, they've got it down. They've got a system in place. They enter every year. Uh, I know of one company, which is not one of the ones Henry mentioned, who they they have a staff member and all they do is prepare projects for submission every year. Why do companies invest that kind of time and you know, what are they taking away from this other than something to put on their shelf?
2: Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot bigger than that. You know, we talk about credentialing, you know, hopefully you're Cedia certified installers and things and designers, but there's another credential, which is, Hey, look, I've been published. I've won awards. So from a marketing perspective, If the company can do their own marketing and do it properly, it will actually generate business for them. That's one piece. For me, when I used to do it, it was more about getting morale to the level where it should be to take so that the guys and the women, they everyone took pride in the type of work that they do and know that the work that they've done behind you know, behind racks, you know, they're they're not the face of the company. They're not the salespeople. They don't get any of the kudos. Mm-hmm. Actually they do when the company wins an award. And I know many companies as well. I mean, I used to do it as well. When we submitted for an award, I would bring my staff to, to those events so they could have a chance to get up on stage, be in the limelight to say the work you do counts and we recognize it. That's really important. Mm-hmm. And the hard thing about these awards is to say, well, you know, unless it's a million dollar project, you know, you don't rate. And I know we didn't get into that topic just yet, but you know, we need to come up with some way to recognize those companies that have figured out how to do five projects a week and how to do some volume. And trust me when I say the skill there in many ways is greater than the skill you need to do your million dollar project. Um, And I'll take all the flack for saying that, but uh, we we need to find a way to, to uh, address that market as well. And they're CDM members.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, I know, Henry, I think you were, you were around when we were pushing for trying to bring that bar down and and making the awards more accessible.
2: Um, Yeah. I don't like the term bringing the bar down. I think. No, 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 no. But uh,
0: just making it more accessible to, to recognize projects that we're at a lower value. That's
2: all. Yep. Okay. I'll go with that.
0: All right. Let's uh, move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from a residential tech today. Sonos speaker owners can now pair dual Sonos subs into one system. If you have ever played on the uh, consumer forums for Sonos, one of the biggest things that has been asked for has been dual sub. took a while Uh, it is now available you do have to have at least one of those subs be a gen 3 sub and you do have to run it on the s2 app henry let me let me start with you on this 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 story kind of hits me in an interesting way when i look at sonos it does not make me think of ooh, i must have dual subs to make this sound good (laughs) We're, we're we're really going to do the you know both corners opposite corners of the room we're going to put it into that media space and that thing's going to pound because we've got two subs now i'm a fan of sonos i'm not i'm not degrading it at all it just i never once in the years that we've been selling sonos have went man why couldn't i do two subs this is ridiculous am i am i missing something is this a huge deal or is this a uh, you know one of those minor things that just pops up in forums that they paid attention to
3: so it's yeah we're a sonos dealer and i'm also a Sonos shareholder i think about this from a p and l perspective for them they think about households mm-hmm. and attachment per household so i don't know what percentage of their households have subs but i do know that in the world of base that mo is better so, you know, the the and it's so subjective, right? So, you know, you can use the science
2: all day long, but boom.
3: There's more boom. Two subs
2: are better than one. Hey, uh, Henry, what's the old adage? Half the world is looking for Jesus and the other half is looking for more bass.
3: Amen. I mean, if you want if you want killer bass and you don't have it, or you think you've got killer base but then Sonos goes oh no 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 these ones <laughs> go to 11 right <laughs> it's one more isn't it so that that's kind of the deal i mean it's a it's a clever play for them right because they're just going to attach more product am i going to get another sub in my kitchen zone probably not in my master bedroom i've got an arc and a single sub Probably not, because my wife's going to yell at me. But there's probably other rooms where I might do that, or I might—I mean, two subs are better than one.
0: Well, and the fact that you can slide it under most couches oh, yeah. makes it's, it so easy to add it's more.
3: So smart for Sonos. Yeah. So smart, because they're just trying to grow their household attachment.
0: I love it, Mitch. When you when you see this, does this have some upward mobility? In the fact that Sonos, which is a household brand, household name, now offers a technology that I know when we pitch dual subs to the majority of our clients who haven't asked for it, I get at least one family member who looks at me with the, how dare you mention another subwoofer, get out of my house. It's all in the eyes, but that's what they're saying does this give some upward mobility to the point where heck maybe Sonos does a holiday commercial with, with two subs and they talk about how great dual subs and opposing corners is hmm. or am I just wishing deeply?
2: I guess it all depends on how they promote it. Right. Um, again, like I said, I was joking, you know, have the world looking for more base, but, but that is a reality. And I think it does bring some credibility to you, Matt, when you go up to your clients and tell them you need to, you know, rather than talking about the ideal locations and how actually waveforms work and low frequencies and why you need a second one, no one's going to listen to that. What you're going to do is say, hey, look, Sonos says you can use two. So clearly we can do that for you, right?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. I love it. Jamie, let's, let's change directions for a second. Uh, in, in the lower part of this the article, um, they talk about the the SL Union LA edition, which is being re-released, which is, which is cool, but it's, again, it's just a one with a fancy paint scheme. But they very discreetly debuted the ARC SL Shadow Edition, which is exclusively available at Costco. Uh, I happened to be in a Costco the other day when I saw it, and as I had dealt with back orders myself um on arc uh i was a little frustrated Mm -hmm. what is it what does it mean to see that sonos has uh produced a a specific product and again i don't necessarily have a problem with them having special editions available at different retailers that doesn't bother me um but as an integrator who keeps having orders canceled from clients Ooh. because we can't supply product stop grimacing match
2: ouch oh. what is it, what oh, does it mean speaks
3: the truth
0: man
1: yeah it, well, it is what
0: it is what does it mean
1: as break out your pen henry <laughs> you can take this to the top <laughs>
0: yeah
2: ouch that hurts
1: it's a bunch of bs it's what it is but um but what does it mean when a product like sonos starts to create products specifically for a particular brand what well, they did well,
0: it well, not supplying because it's not. I, I don't have a problem with them doing specific products for different go to market strategies. I have no problem with that from a bottom line perspective. I totally get it,
1: but it's ex- the exclusivity as well, it's what. the
0: exclusivity, and it's the yeah. fact that we can't get the main ones,
1: right. So, why are we making this one off for big box Costco, right? Yep. Because they sell more than we do is probably the answer, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I mean, from a P&L perspective, that's really what they're geared to do is to make more money and sell more. Um, I, and so this isn't the first time. I mean, they did it with IKEA, those little weird, funky furniture speakers that look bizarre, those things. So, you know, it's to me, I, I have Sonos, we're a Sonos dealer as well. I think we were the first Sonos dealers in the Midwest, like in St. Louis, I don't know exactly the Midwest, but whatever. Um, I love it. It is not an integrator's product. It's a tool that we have. It's it's an awareness tool, you know? I mean, you can, we're talking about two subs versus one and is it going to, you know, Mitch said it could add credibility, which is kind of weird. But yeah, kind of, you know, if Sonos is telling you you can do this with two subs, the the mass market only knows what they see. And most of them don't even know we exist. So if Sonos leads people our way and we can educate them into something that's great for them like Sonos or something completely different, if that's what they want, great. And maybe we get to sell two subs instead of having to fight at this time. As far as like making a specific product, the challenging part to me is is more broad based. It's more the fact that uh, as a dealer, we can't have access to the product that that we even have. You know, mm-hmm. irrespective of this one, this sound bar for Costco, like you said, the actual one is back ordered, and yet consumers can go online and buy it and have it shipped to their door for free. So you know, it, it that is the biggest challenge I think that we have. Right, it's, and then that's just kind of like salt in the wound when you go to Costco and you see it there. Yeah. So yeah. did
2: you load up your cart, Matt? How many, <laughs> how many did you roll out with? Well, but I, I saw up yours new... on eBay, but maybe they weren't yours.
0: No, 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 they weren't mine. Um, but it does bring up an interesting point because I got out, I, I left the store, and I did not buy any, uh, but I did see some beams that we could have used to finish up some projects, and. Proceeded to call my wife, and have a, a quick little conversation. Of, you know, what would be perfect, is when you're backordered. So, if Sonos happens to be listening, not that I haven't said this privately as well, but publicly, if you're backordered for months on product, and I can go buy it at Costco, maybe have a way to track that serial number, even if I got to do a little bit of work to manually enter it, to say, hey. Yeah, we, we bought that for a client at retail and installed it and did it and made everything work only because you couldn't supply it to us directly. And thus, we added to our, our numbers that y'all whine about all the time. Uh, but yeah, that's my rant for the day. All right, let's quickly move on before I get into more deep water on that one that I need to Uh, coming to us from CE pro a Texas integrator collaborates with designers to create a $1 million home theater modeled after a recording studio. Read through uh, this article. It's actually a really, really cool project. It's a Texas home that has a 22 foot wide projection screen and a vast array of PMC speakers that is modeled off uh, the Capital Studios, famous Studio C recording studio uh, group out in LA. Mitch, this is a this is actually a, a really cool article based on again just the the extent of what we can do within this industry and within this channel. Your theater room doesn't have to be a, a four seat, four or six seat uh, facility. It can be. Uh, not only large, but also really stinking cool. What do you see when you, when you see this article, when you read this? Is this a, uh, a cool bar to shoot for to try to create this kind of um, complete package?
2: Well, first of all, you mean they work with a designer? Hmm. James? we ought to didn't. consider doing that sometime.
1: It's Uh, it's candy every now and then. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, I guess a collaboration is a good idea. We should do more of that. Um, You know, I think back to what what guy we used to call the father of the home theater, you know, our buddy Theo Kalamarakis. And that's kind of what he was trying to do and what he actually did many, many times over. So to continue to raise the bar, that's great. I would continue. I think that's great for the industry. It, it publishes wonderful. Um, finding new venues to replicate is certainly very cool. Love to see it. I think Matt and you and I were just talking earlier about the cost just to build a studio alone. Yeah. You know, that million dollars would be enough to get you started, right? Um, but I'd love to see more of that. I'd love to see someone replicate the soundstage over at uh, Lucas Ranch, Lucas Films Ranch, mm-hmm. um, things like that. I think those are great. And as I said earlier, what I'd also love to see is what someone did to replicate someone's real lifestyle in a room they use all the time when they're uh, dealing with a pandemic, and how do they handle the entertainment side with their work side, with the kids at home and everything. To me, I think those are going to be the more interesting projects going forward than yet another million dollar theater, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong.
0: Very good. Jamie, when, when you see this, one of the the big takeaways that I had out of this as, as Mitch alluded to was how it makes sense to kind of model your theater off a lot of the principles that are in studio recording. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't necessarily mean that from the the, the stage standpoint uh, or the screen or the, the speaker layout, but about the actual isolation side the studio builders, the, the, the companies that build studios, recording studios, they understand how sound transmits and moves around better than anyone else ever. Are we as an industry kind of, kind of missing the the ball to not be trying to take advantage of that industry a little bit?
1: Um, I think so. I mean, if, if, if you get into an opportunity where you can really make the space be perfect, why, why wouldn't we? Um, I think there's maybe two things that get in the way. One could be ego. You know, Maybe we think we know how to do it, so we'll just plug our way through and push our thoughts on that design team and press forward with the architect and the designer and make sure that the standard has to be met exactly as it has to be done. Uh, when really you look at standards and they are important, right? But, but in a project like this, where everything has to come together, the, the priority is client satisfaction and, and happiness ultimately. Um, I, I would love, I, we've been involved in a, a very delicately built theater project before where we brought in a consultant because we knew our ego was gonna get in the way and we needed someone that could uh, dive deeper into the acoustics. Um, I think if you get the opportunity, go for it. And, and uh, certainly don't be afraid to reach out for a consult for any integrator that has a large home, you know, to freak out over a theater like this or to take it on and think you know everything, both of those would be um, not so good, but to do with consult. It looks nice. The one thing I thought was interesting in the article, like as I'm looking at it, I see this hardwood floor, right? And they even mention it in the article, like, oh, there's so much acoustic, you know, considerations in this room. We don't even have to worry about that hardwood floor. And I was like,
2: mm,
1: I think maybe a rug across the front would still have been better, <laughs> but maybe not. <laughs> maybe they're counting on that reflection point, but anyway. <laughs>
0: Henry, when you when you see this and and when you hear what Jamie just said about uh, kind of knowing when you're in over your head, um, and, and when to bring somebody else in, and when when to work with with somebody else, whether it's the designer or whether it's an acoustician or somebody from the recording industry, how do you how do you stay out in front of yourself so that you don't fall into that trap of biting off more than you can chew?
3: Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I wish I, I wish I could say that I've always been this way, but I haven't. Early on, I'd be afraid that the next job wouldn't come along and that I wasn't allowed to say that I didn't know how. And so I would have bitten off more than I could chew. But and, uh, in aviation terms, I think about it, like most of us are flying a little Cessna single engine prop plane and landing that every day, all day long somebody comes along and they've got a citation jet and they say to you as a pilot, Oh, I need you to fly this jet. Or maybe you even had some training in it, but you haven't flown that jet in a a year. The answer is no. Um, and so I, I wonder how good of a job we do as an industry, making it easy to collect this kind of cast of characters you need to pull off something like this. So I could say, I could call up Doug with blue dog or I could call up paradise theater. I could call up Rava. I could call up, uh, Adam Pels. Who's an amazing calibrator. And I can look like I know what I'm doing because what I knew how to do was lean on really smart people and kind of direct and demand and expect. And I don't think we do a good job, and maybe it's just the way we're, the, the cloth that we're cut from, but I do see a lot of ego out there around if, if, if they aren't doing every piece of it, there's a fear. It's fear. There's there's a lot of fear. So I feel like we, we need to give ourselves permission to uh, to to say yes and uh be willing to bring in these these experts. And and for these folks who are really good at this in our industry, uh, I I feel like it needs to be woven together better because I'm I'm a product of 18 plus years worth of of learning by making mistakes. But I don't feel like there's a turnkey sort of brotherhood, sisterhood of, of folks where you can say it's all oriented around training your own employees to do this stuff, whether it's programming, whether it's, and, and candidly, you talk about getting blowback. I think it's completely wrong. You're sending your, your employee to Lutron homeworks training or Crustron advanced programs or whatever it is. The next time they're going to land that particular airplane is a year later and they're going to have no idea what they're doing. No muscle memory. So I feel like we, we, probably need to take a look in the mirror and and, um, do a better job of communicating with each other about how to assemble this sort of federation of of awesome vendors uh, so that you can still be the vendor of record, but behind the scenes, there's all these awesome people doing their little bit, singing together like an orchestra.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's leave it there. Otherwise, if we go down that wormhole, we'll be here another 30 minutes. Uh, Thank you all for joining us today. Jamie, if people want to connect with you, learn more about integration controls, where can they do that?
1: They can find us on the web at integrationcontrols.com or controlSTL for all of our social handles.
0: Excellent. Thank you, my friend. Mr. Clifford, uh, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Livewire or Paracel. Where can they
3: do that? Sure. Online at Livewire is our, our Facebook and Twitter and same thing at Get Parasol. both. So thanks again. It was great to be here.
0: Thank you for being here. Last but again, certainly not least, my friend, Mr. Mr. Mister Mitch Klein. Uh, if people want to connect with you, learn more about the Z-Wave Alliance. Where can they do that?
2: Give you two points. Uh, just reach out via Twitter at Mitchell underscore Klein, or just go to Mitch at org or www.zwavealliance.org. Lots of different ways to get hold of me.
0: Excellent. Thank you again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover.